When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone, Gabby here. And I'm Brenna. And welcome to the Mystery of Everything podcast. We're still weirdly separated this week because I'm in Florida and she's not in Florida. So if it sounds weird, we are so sorry. And I'm still learning. You all, and Gabby will probably sound super sleepy because we were supposed to record at nine and then I put it off until 10. Because I wanted to hang up like um, curtains and blankets around my computer to try to make me sound better for you guys. And then my computer decided that the new Wi-Fi is too fast for the adapter. So the adapter is set for, I don't know, Kyle explained it, like two or three G-somethings. Kyle's my roommate. But then my new Wi-Fi is like a five-something. So it wasn't even picking it up. I did steal his Wi-Fi. <laughs> I know, poor Kyle. He's just in there laying in his room on his phone. No internet for the next, I don't know, however long this episode takes. <laughs> poor Kyle. I know. Justice he's a for trooper, Kyle. though. Justice for Kyle. I did go ahead and place the Amazon order. So in two days, because, you know, prom and all that, two days will be set. We'll be golden. Perfect. But anyways, Happy New Year! Yay! I hope you guys had the best holiday season ever and are coming into the new year very peacefully and not with a bang. Uh, 2023 sucked. It was a rough one, to say the least. I myself am ready for some peace and quiet. And I hope 2024 is a relaxing year and one full of growth, but also decline. What do you mean by decline? Decline in the housing market. So I can actually purchase a home sometime soon. Here's the thing. Interest rates are set to go down. But because interest rates are set to go down, housing market is going to get hotter again. So it's kind of cooled off. But now it's going to get like more intense, like back to two years ago type vibe. You're just crushing my dreams. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you what the interest rates (laughs) said. There was a house that went on the market five days ago, and me and Chris actually both liked it. For once, it was two houses side by side. That's why no one had bought them yet. And it was like 11 acres. They're beautiful. Kyle was going to rent the house beside us, and we were going to be like a big, happy family. And it is already sold. I was supposed to view it Saturday, and it's been on the market five days, and it is gone. Yeah, that's the housing market. Um, Unfortunately, it's not. It's not the best, but it is something. No, I thought that buying a house was supposed to be fun. It is not fun. It's not. It's not fun. It's never been fun. When Steve and I were trying to buy a house, we literally had to sprint to the showings, and then we just had to put in an offer and hope 
that we got it. Because even if it wasn't what we were looking for, at least it was a house. No, it's a very traumatic experience. One that I, I don't enjoy. But I just really don't want to settle. Okay, guys. So staying with the theme of peaceful, I thought I would start out this year with something a little bit more lighthearted and fun. Paranormal games and occult rituals. Ooh. How is that lighthearted and fun? A little lighthearted and fun. To start you off with your 2024, we're going to be playing spooky games. We're going to get possessed. No, I'm we're just not. Kidding. <laughs> no, I won't play any of these games anymore because I shop at Weenie Hut Jr. <laughs> okay, so to start off the first childhood game we're going to discuss, I'm sure some of you all have experimented with it before. It is light as a feather, stiff as a board. I've never heard of that. Hmm. Have you ever told Bloody Mary that you have her child before while looking in a mirror? No. Oh, okay. Well, if any of you listeners have, then this episode is for you. Like I said, we're going to dive into all the spooky games we played as children. Or some perhaps we've dabbled in as adults. And we're also going to get into some consequences of dealing with the occult in such a careless way. Dun, dun, dun. And I bet you're thinking, but Bruna, will there be science in this episode? Of course. Science always finds a way. I don't know how I'm going to tie it in yet, but I'm sure I will. All right. So an innocent crowd favorite. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. And I'm going to start by setting the mood. Gabby, are you ready to have the mood set? Unfortunately, I have no choice. <laughs> Light a candle. Sit tight. Get your blankie. All right, picture this. You're 11 years old. The year is 2007. You're at your best friend's house for a slumber party. You've I wasn't eaten allowed your... to do those. Oh, Gab. I'm trying to set a mood. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm setting the mood. I'm pretending. <laughs> Close your eyes and picture it. You've eaten your weight in Little Caesar's Pizza, and you drank a two-liter of Mountain Dew. And after playing karaoke revolution party for many hours, the night is coming to a close. But while you're all supposed to be sleeping, you sit in a circle on the floor and play light as a feather, stiff as a board instead. Candles are lit to get the spooky vibes going. Somehow. You make your friends rise into the air, giving everyone cold chills while simultaneously scaring yourself shitless. Is it magic or can it be explained? Wait, what? <laughs> Explain never, it right I now. I can't believe you never experienced it as a child. Do you know anything I about light as a feather, stiff as a board? No, I've never heard of it. I've never been allowed to do sleepovers. Um, yeah, I have no have clue an what you're talking sleepover, about. And I'm going to light as a feather, stiff as a board you. I feel like I'm too old to have a sleepover now because I need to have like my mattress just right, my pillow just right. Um, my dog needs to be cuddling to me or Steve needs to be cuddling to me. Like it's just, it's not, I can't I'm not in you. peak, I'm not in peak sleepover age, you know, I'll, at this point I'll in time. I'll cuddle the shit out of you. <laughs> can you explain how I'm going to float first? before okay, we do so this we're gonna get into it and at the end of it you're gonna be like oh my god Bruno, a lot as a feather me please <laughs> i don't think i'll ever say that but okay <laughs> okay so for those of you like gabby that have never played as a child i'm gonna start by diving into the rules 
Someone volunteers to lie flat on the floor. Stiff as a board, you might say. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else will evenly space themselves around this person in a circle. Oval. You get the picture. It's not a circle because humans aren't circle shaped, but you know. In a human sacrifice shape. Yes, a human, um, well. Ritual, sacrificial ritual. In a, no, but I guess, I guess you could sacrifice someone in this shape. Anyways, (laughs) um, this is supposed to be lighthearted, Gabby. It actually doesn't, it gets non-lighthearted and I will have to trigger warning at some point, but not yet. This part's still lighthearted. I'm trying not to like swallow into the microphone because my microphone is so sensitive. That even if I click my mouse, you all will hear it. And it um, is eating me alive. Gabby, are you clicking your mouse? Nope. Really? Yeah, I have a laptop. There's no mouse. I heard a clicking noise. And that, my friends, is why we don't play Paranormal Are you doing games. it again? I haven't clicked a thing. You're fucking with me. No, you're possessed. Surprise. What the fuck? Guys, I'm not even shitting you right now. I'm not clicking my mouse. And I can hear like a click, 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 click. Gabby, you're fucking with me. No, I literally have no mouse to click. Well, <laughs> I I am scared. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't like that Don't wait, I'll all. tell you something. If something sneaks up behind you, I can see you. So I'll be like, hey, bestie, you're about to be beheaded. Don't worry, I got you. If you start floating, though, I'm out. I'm out. Shutting this off. I'll and be Kyle's like, oh. not on his computer either, though, because he can't be because he doesn't have Wi-Fi. Oh, my God. I'm scared. Something. I swear to you all. Something is clicking a mouse. I'm not even fucking with you. Just, just tell me how you float. Take your mind okay. off things. All right. We will finish this episode. But now I have the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Okay. But it's fun. Everything's fun. You all might have the heebie-jeebies after this episode. I don't know. Okay. So in my childhood memories, we began by chanting light as a feather, stiff as a board, until the person began to rise. Almost like they became weightless or light as a feather, some might say. <laughs> Anyways, you all know I love <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> so I might as well discuss other versions of light as a feather, stiff as a board. We're, we're going to go all out here. So one version says that the person closest to the head begins by saying something along the lines of, she's looking ill, or she isn't looking well, repeated a few times, followed by something like, she's looking worse, being repeated several more times. So the person by the head says it once, and then the circle, circle repeats it like, uh, you know, like a call and repeat type. That's called a thing. Those are called a thing. Call and response. Call and response. Yeah. Call and response type deal. So the person at the head says it. You all repeat it. And gradually you go from, oh, she's looking worse to eventually the caller saying she is dying. And then finally, she is dead. There are many variations to the words people say when playing this game. But my friends and I kept it pretty PG. So we literally just repeated light as a feather, stiff as a board, chanting it. We never did the she's dying, she's dead etc type stuff so in a more modern version of the game seen in today's use the person that is being lifted is told a story about how they're gonna die and asked to imagine it happening to them the goal is to make yeah yeah it's fucked up we never did this 
I don't know if we did it wrong or what. We were just having some lighthearted fun. We weren't like, you're going to die in seven days. Gabby, do you get that reference? No. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine. So the goal is to make the middle person feel anxious and nervous, like there's something different in the air than there was before, like how I feel right now. But even though there are many variations of the wording found with this game, the game ending with the phrase light as a feather, stiff as a board being chanted by those in the outer circle while trying to raise the inside person with only a few fingertips seems to remain the same. And then like magic, the person in the middle becomes weightless or at least very significantly lighter than they were before. So Gab, do you get the gist of what's going with that? Yeah, you're making someone get airborne. Yes. So just dumbing it down. There's a person laying down in the middle. There's a group of people surrounding them. You put two fingers under them, like one hand. You slide two fingers under them. And then you all chant and you try to lift the person. And the person will feel super fucking light, like they're weightless. And it does work. I don't know how it works, but it works. Well, we're going to dive into like some theories of how it works. But I also- It does work? It did work for me when we were younger. It was super scary. I don't believe you. I think you did something else. Like, were you eating gummies? A brownie, perhaps? We were babies. Little okay, babies. were you eating baby brownies? A gummy? No. <laughs> I said picture this. It's 2007. We were living oh, on vibes and karaoke. Okay, and also maybe a little bit of something else by accident. No. <laughs> by no. mistake. No. Just just our imagination. Picture Spongebob when I said that. Gabby won't, but you all will. I'm sorry, Gab. I gotta stop dogging on you. <laughs> but Gabby's extremely intelligent, and I feel like it's because she wasn't allowed to watch Spongebob. You know, I heard it kills some brain cells, and also, I never made anyone float. So maybe you used some stuff to make the person float. Like a lot of brain power was used that night. A lot of brain power. And that's why I have none left now. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, and oh, the other, the other version. Yeah. The other version of the game that I found super interesting and thought to mention um, is different than the way we discussed previously. So one of the ways it's different is a person is seated in a chair. So instead of you laying on the ground, you're in a chair. But there are four people standing around the person seated, two being on the left side and two being on the right side. Similarly to the other version, each of the outside people will use two fingers, but this time they place them underneath the chair instead of on their body. So the first attempt at them lifting the chair with their fingertips usually fails every time. But once they have performed some type of ritual, like circling the chair in various directions, maybe clapping or rubbing their hands together, or even walking backwards. They will hold their hands above the person sitting in the chair's head to transfer some of the energy they collected from the ritual to them, which in turn makes the person weightless. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. So then they all try to lift the individual again, but just as they did before, somehow miraculously, It works the second time. So is it magic? Is it help from the spirit realm? Is it the placebo effect? I honestly don't know. 
Um, but it did work for me. Not with a chair. But another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. I don't believe it. How does it work, Rana? Okay. How does it work? Well, if you're going to make me, I guess I can get into the science of it. But I don't think that science is the reason it works. I, I think it works. I don't know why it works, but I don't think it's science. But for fun, let's just explore some possible explanations anyways. So some people think timing could be the culprit. If each person doesn't apply the exact same amount of force at the correct location at the correct time, it will not work. The person will remain heavy in the middle. So if a group of children surrounding their friend all lift at the correct time together and it's synchronized, then in theory, the weight of the middle child would be divided amongst all of the outside children. So let's say the child in the middle weighs 80 pounds and you've got four to six children on the outside circling them. 80 divided by six is roughly 13 pounds. Let's say you got four kids. 80 divided by four, 20 pounds. So each person is contributing 13 to 20 pounds of lifting power at the same time. Of course, the individual might feel weightless in comparison to their normal weight. Gabby, thoughts? I don't think I've ever had to lift something where I actually put in effort. Like, I'll go, oh, my God, it's too You heavy. have a child. And yeah, like, I'll lift her. But, like, in a group lift, if it's a group lift, I'm going to obviously make everybody else do more lifting because I don't do that. Gab. I lift for fun. Like, I love doing strength training, but I'm not going to, like, lift a chair with a group of guys or anything. Like, it's just going to be like, oh, no, it's too heavy. I'm so sorry. Good luck. Makes no sense. I used to lift in cheerleading. Lift I feel like gals. I feel like the explanation makes a lot of sense. However, how many other people have done this and done what I do where they're not actually trying? You know, you feel. Well, see, if they don't actually try, then it would fail. Like, uh, exactly. But maybe they but believe they so strongly. Try. Like they believed it was going to work. So they actually put in the effort and then, yeah, sure. Like a little placebo maybe. effect. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's going to be so light. And so then they like really try and they want it to work. So they're like, yes. I can see I that. I can see that happening. Yeah, I can see that. 
Okay, I have to whip my whistle. I'm so sorry. If you hear this, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm parched. <laughs> you just chugging. She's chugging water right now, you guys. I'm not joking. Oh, well, they I can, can make hear that it. Up. I'm sure they can hear it. <laughs> I didn't hear it. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, the oldest account we have of someone playing the lightest of feathers, stiff as a board, is from a diary of Samuel Pepys. I don't know if that's how you say his name. We're going to call him Samuel Pepys. 1633 to 1703 is how long he was alive, in case you were curious. So Samuel recalls a conversation with his friend, Mr. Brisbane. Mr. Brisbane says that he has seen four little girls playing light as a feather, stiff as a board in Bordeaux, France. Gabby, did I say that correctly? Nailed it. Bordeaux? Bordeaux. 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 Okay. So I actually find the excerpt interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and read it word for word. Bear with me because I suck at like reading stuff. Word for word, as you all experienced in previous episodes, it sounds like I'm reading and I don't like it. But this is so interesting that I feel like I would be doing a disservice to you all if I didn't read it word for word. So, and I quote He saw four little girls, very young ones, all kneeling, each of them upon one knee. And one begun the first line, whispering in the ear of the next, and the second to the third, and the third to the fourth and she to the first. Then the first begun the second line, and so round quite through. And putting each one finger only to a boy that lay flat upon his back on the ground, as if he was dead. At the end of the words, they did with their four fingers raise this boy, high as they could reach. And he, Mr. Brisbane, being there and wondering at it, as also being afeard to see it, for they would have had him to have bore a part in saying the words. And in the room of one of the little girls that was so young that they could hardly make her learn to repeat the words, did for fear there might be some slight used in it by the boy, or that the boy might be light, called the cook of the house a very lusty fellow, as Sir G. Catteret's cook, who is very big, and they did raise him just in the same manner. All right. So they raised, they raised the little boy. They raised Sir G. Catteritz, cook. And he was very big. I don't know if I buy that. I don't well, that's, know. That's what it said in his diary, Gap. Ooh, also, Wikipedia was also kind enough to include the chant that accompanied the performance, as recalled by Samuel. There is a French version, but my French is a little rusty, so I'll say it in English. Gabby, you know French, don't you? Yeah, but I don't know French from France because they speak like Berlin or something, which is like they take French words and they make it not French words. So you can study French forever and then you go to France and you're like, what the heck are you saying? Because none of the words you're saying are French, but they're French. They're just France French. They're not French French. Hmm. So they're not French you'd learn in school. They're just French. I don't the know, only I thing it, I remember man. is parlez-vous français? <laughs> That's all I got. And une, deux, trois, quatre. Nailed Dozen. it. 
Anyways, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it in English. Why not? Here is a dead body. Stiff as a stick. Cold as a marble. Light as a spirit. Lift yourself in the name of Jesus Christ. Homie, they weren't doing some game. They were doing a ritual. <laughs> like, well, that's why that's why I say childhood games or occult rituals. You decide. Occult rituals. Occult rituals. It's an occult ritual. In the name like of Jesus Christ. Here is a dead body, stiff as a stick, cold as a marble. I dig it. All right. So. Our next account of the game is from The Magician's Own Book. Now, that's like what it's called, is The Magician's Own Book in 1857. This account is more like the version we discussed with the chair. Apparently, the heaviest man at a party in Venice, Italy, um, sits down in a chair and cannot be lifted by six other people, which adds up. He's the heaviest man at a party. But... After the people coordinate some hand clapping, inhaling, exhaling, etc., they are able to lift the man using only the four fingers of all six lifters. Really? Really, really. The heaviest man at a party. Why are adults playing this? I'm so happy. We're we're going to play it. No, we're not. Yes, we are. It'll be a vibe. Maybe you and your other friends can play it and I'll like record. I'll be in the corner with like the camera, so I can prove it happened. You know, what other friends? That's all. <laughs> um, you know, like at least you just get everybody from work to do it. Joey would do it. He would. Megan might. She loves that know. shit. It's spooky know. shit. Megan loves spooky. Megan shit. likes spooky shit, but Megan don't want to be haunted. Okay, valid. Same. Maybe she can be in the corner with me with the camera. Keystone. Make Keystone do it. I don't know. I don't see Keister doing it. Also, sorry if you heard me yawn. It's past our, it's our bedtime. Like, we got a late start. I'm going to be up sorely tomorrow. I'm dying. I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to make this. We're going to make it a Some quickie. margaritas. I did have some margaritas. I did Give me Christmas. one margarita. I'm going to email them. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me two margaritas. I'm going to put it in. Huh? You're canceled. I canceled you. <laughs> Okay, so did they lift the guy? We gotta go to bed. So they lifted the guy. Um, I'm doing that thing again where I say so a lot, but it's okay. It's fine. You all like it. It gives the people what they want. Okay. Um, some might see this as an innocent fun game, right? You see it as innocent fun? No. All right. That's my next part. I was gonna say. However, with most things, this is not the case for all. Some people see it as a type of seance, and it is extremely frowned upon in some religious groups. I'm literally frowning right now. (laughs) In some religious groups, and by Gabby. So Yes, thank you. (laughs) I don't know what I think about it. I don't think it's the devil's work by any means, and uh, I would play this one again. I I would. I would play this one again. But as far as, like, fact or fiction, I'm in between. Those of you who have seen The Craft, Gabby, have you seen The Craft? Why would I see The Craft? That is one of the best movies of all time. I watch like Port Protection Alaska. I watch like (sighs) National Geographic documentaries. I'd watch like the most boring shit on earth. 
According, Jeremy. that's a direct quote from some people who know me. I would never watch, watch that craft. movie. Nope. You gotta watch the craft. Absolutely not. It's not, not scary. It's not scary no, at all. Adolphins? You know that quote where people say, we're the weirdos, mister? Because he's like, there's weirdos out. Be careful. She's like, we're the weirdos, mister. No. No? Okay. Well, anyways, they played light as a feather, stiff as a board in the movie The Craft. Those of you who have seen it. Coincidentally, that movie came out the year I was born, 1996, and it is a classic. Like myself. Like you. Hey! Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Okay. Bloody Mary scarred me so badly as a child. I am terrified right now. Gabby, you skipped ahead. Oh, shoot. No, I didn't. I mean, (laughs) what? As I was saying, moving up next on our list is Bloody Mary. So you did play Bloody Mary. I did. I I didn't play it. Um, We heard the story of it. They told the story at school. And then my parents were like, hey, she didn't sleep for a week to my teacher. And then my teacher would put me outside every single time they did scary stories. And so I wasn't allowed like in the school. Like they would put me outside the school on a chair to just like vibe while they told scary stories. Well, what is your growing up? What is your version of Bloody Mary? Um, so basically you go into the mirror, like the bathroom or mm-hmm. whatever, you go look in the mirror and you go bloody mirror, like three times. Yeah. And then she appears and she kills everyone. Okay. Like she slits everybody's throats. There's yeah. like a lot of blood. It's Might strangle graphic. you from behind. No, she's just slit throats, but oh, now I have a new that. fear. Okay. 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 But now I'm going to have to look behind me in the mirror forever. Did your childhood um, classmates explain who Bloody Mary was or just say, you say her name and then she's going to kill you? It was the, that one queen. You oh. know the one queen. Okay. All right. We're going to dive into it though. Because there is speculation on who Bloody Mary actually is. So In history, yeah. Yeah. Love her though. Misunderstood, some would say. Not really. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for our listeners, who is Bloody Mary? And why did we chant her name into a mirror three times when we were younger? So some think she's a spirit conjured that can reveal your future to you when you chant her name repeatedly into a mirror. Others do not, obviously. <laughs> she's supposed to appear beside your reflection. And you never know if you're going to get a docile Mary. Or more evil Mary, but you're expected to see her nonetheless. There are many variations of Mary throughout history, but the ritual to see Mary remains pretty steady. All right, so we're going to dive back into history first for a past version of Bloody Mary. Young women back in the day were encouraged to walk backwards up a flight of stairs while holding a candle in one hand and a mirror in the other hand. The house needed to be completely dark, aside from candlelight. And while they're looking into the mirror, in theory, they would catch a glimpse of their future husband's face. Sounds promising, doesn't it? No. (laughs) Why? That's terrifying. You're supposed to say yes. If some dude's face appeared in a mirror, you bet your bottom dollar I'm not marrying him. Like some random guy's face in my mirror. Hypothetically, you did this when you were younger. You look in the mirror, you see Steve. You don't know who Steve no. is. Years passed. You're in college. You walk. You see Steve. You ought to meet He looked in nothing like that, though. He looked nothing like younger Steve. So younger Steve looks nothing like Steve Steve. So oh, like, I wouldn't even recognize that hall. man. I'd have been like, who? 
Who is I just went with it. Yeah, Never literally. <laughs> no, literally, that would have been me. Like he hit puberty, and it was like a whole different. He does look completely different from the picture on the stairs. Because when you look at the younger photos of Steve, not to shit talk Steve, you think like Zac Efron, not Hugh Jackman type looking motherfucker. You'd think no. like. I, if I would have seen younger Zac Steve, Efron I would not literally high school musical. adult Steve. Literally. I'm like, I don't but know Steve's, what happened. Steve, he, Steve had a glow up. Nothing against younger Steve. He's handsome. He's just different. Yeah, he's just a little. He's just. He's just a girl. He's just he's just a little Steve. <laughs> he's adorable. <laughs> but I'm like you sorry, wouldn't, you wouldn't see the end result. Like the beard and the eyebrows, you're like, damn, who the fuck are you? Literally, I okay. love him. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on again. <laughs> love our tangent. Sorry, Steve. This took a turn. James will cut it out. Don't worry. You can leave it in if you want. Our viewers probably know who Steve is. But um, some of our viewers, you're probably like, it does sound promising. I would like to, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it tomorrow. But before you do, there is always a catch. When doing this ritual, you also run the risk of seeing a skull instead. Or worse, the face of the Grim Reaper. What does this mean, you might ask? I'm going to tell you. This meant that you were going to die before you ever had the chance to marry. What? That's, that's messed. Who would do the ritual? Who, who would do that? A lot of people, probably. And you find I out feel if like you're going to die young. It's better to just, like, not know. Also, back in the day, everybody kind of died young. Most people did. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, you, back in the day, you got married at, like, 14. So. I mean, depended. Weirdly enough, it was mainly royalty and, like, nobles that did. But the average person wasn't just getting married at 14. It's just nobles needed to secure, like, bloodlines and alliances. So they'd marry people off super, super young. It's not like they were popping babies out at that age, but they were definitely married off. But it wasn't the average person who was getting married that young. And weirdly enough, if you look at, like, marriage historians, they say that the marriage was supposed to be, like, a 10-year contract, which is really weird. So I was listening to this one girl. She's, like, a historian. She works on, like, mid, like, marriages back in the day and she said every single time she sees someone has like 10 years of marriage she's like oh yeah they fulfill their contract because typically it was like a 10-year agreement not like a lifelong commitment but anyway off topic me and chris have already fulfilled one contract so now you can move on to the next chris congrats yay i'm moving up on my like 10 years so we'll see I don't know. I'm pretty spinning <laughs> with face. it. I feel like if you've made it this far, you might as well just tough it out. Let's just see what happens, shall we? <laughs> true. True. He's kind of cute. You keep making me lose my place. <laughs> okay, so you're going on to the version you know and love. Oh, yeah. But before I do that, I would like to say that maybe it's just like a Kentucky thing. But like my grandparents got married at like 15. Their parents got married at like 15. Not condoned. Really? Yeah, my mom. Well, I had like. Got, she got married young. I don't remember what age my granny got married, but her and Paul, they're like the epitome of a love story. He had his pipe oh. upside down and was just giving her those eyes when she walked by. <laughs> they're so stinking that? cute. Oh. 
And if you picture my grandpa with his curly hair, he's the most handsome man ever. Uh, young love. They're married 60 years. Wow. Still married, but, you know, she's passed away. But love never dies. Uh, moving on to the version we know and love today. Usually you are in a group of people, but some like to do this endeavor alone for reasons that I will never understand. Why would you do Bloody Mary alone? Shame on you. Gabby, would you do Bloody Mary alone? I wouldn't do Bloody Mary. I feel like I did it in a group in my granny's bathroom when I was younger, but I could totally be wrong. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Anyways, to invoke Bloody Mary to appear, you can begin by looking into a mirror and repeatedly chanting her name. Like Gab said earlier, three times is what the majority of people, I, I did ask some people, and three times is what they said. And then if you look on the internet, you will see three times more often than not. Um, it's not always three times, though. Some sources say the name needs to be repeated 13 times, but in my childhood, we only 13. said three. I know. Yeah, I've I never, never heard, heard 13 before. Three. Only three, pretty much around the board. And also, pretty much around the board, the room needs to be dark with a candle lit. We went with the bathroom because, I mean, that's a small room with a mirror. So after you repeat these words, Mary should appear in the mirror. And depending on what source you're looking at, she can appear as a corpse, a witch, a friendly ghost, or a demonic spirit. And true to her name, she also might be covered completely in blood. So what happens if she does appear? Well, you might get off easy with her screaming at you or cursing at you, or you might not. She could also appear behind you and strangle you. She might steal your soul, drink your blood, use her fingernails to pluck your eyeballs out of your head. Or in Gabby's scenario, she could slit your throat. 
mine is way more peaceful. <laughs> I get a fun fact. We love a fun fact. I haven't did one of these in a minute. Fun fact. The Japanese legend Hanako-san. Gabby, did I say that right? Close, yeah. Hanako-san. Strongly resembles the Bloody Mary mythology. So if you are familiar with that, ties into Bloody Mary. And that's all your fun facts for today. I also read some versions that don't say Bloody Mary, but instead, Hell Mary, as in H-E-L-L, or Mary Worth. When I was younger, I specifically remember speaking her name three times and finishing by saying, I have your child, is a way to make her appear. So I asked a lot of people on, on the Facebook, a lot of people I grew up with, and the majority of them did not add I have your child to the ending of their chance. However, I had one friend who did. A friend dissed me. And she said that they used to say, I have your daughter. So after Googling, I have found a few answers as to why childhood Brenna said this at the end of the chant. And I will add that in just a second. But first, we're going to dive into Mary's origin. A lot of debate here. Is she even based on a real woman at all? Or is she completely made up as a spooky way to scare children? The majority of people believe her to be Mary the Mary the First. Yep, Mary the First of England, the daughter of Henry VIII, and Catherine of Aragon. That's fun to say. Anyways, Mary the First. So Mary had three hundred religious Protestant dissenters burned at the stake during her reign, giving her the nickname of Bloody Mary. I'm sure Gab knows more about Bloody Mary than I do, as far as Mary the First. Yeah, of she murdered a bunch of people who were in part of her religion and um everyone was like what the fuck and she was like yeah we're protestant now bitch that's basically the summary bitch. you're welcome thank you for that gabby anytime come to me for all your history needs steve probably has an episode somewhere about it he doesn't but he has said that in a more professional way <laughs> <laughs> After my little bit of research, I've seen where some people would say, Bloody Mary, I've stolen your baby. And this is this fucked is, up. I know. This is where I'm going to throw in the trigger warning. You're probably like, why would people say that? Because younger Brenna used to say, Bloody Mary, I have a child. Did I know why I was saying that? No. But when it's passed down and people are like, oh, this is what you say. It's scary. You just say it because you're a child. But now that I have researched this, that is morbid and extremely fucked up. So trigger warning, miscarriages. Stop yes. listening or skip ahead. Yes, yes, yes. Trigger warning, miscarriages. Um, so people saying Bloody Mary, I've stolen your baby. That does support the theory of it being Queen Mary the First. And I'm going to tell you why. Skip ahead. Uh, I don't know how long, but skip ahead a few little skips. So Mary was known to have suffered a number of miscarriages and false pregnancies. Some have speculated that the miscarriages were induced deliberately. I find nothing to support this theory, nor do I believe it. I, I don't think that's true. I think she wanted babies. Um, some say that she was driven mad by the loss of her children. So I don't think she deliberately induced anything. But again, I wasn't there. I don't know. But we for sure know of one documented false pregnancy of Mary Tudor, which is Mary uh, the first. Did I say it's Tudor, right? Yeah. Mary Tudor, Queen of France, English princess. Yeah, Tudor, though. That's how you say it? Yeah. Okay. So there is one documented false pregnancy after she married Philip of Spain in 1554. 
Mary was said to be pregnant in September, but when the next summer had passed and there was no birth of a child and no miscarriage, the pregnancy was said to have simply faded away. She also had another false pregnancy in late 1557 into early 1558, but like before, the pregnancy, quote, faded away as well. So, although she is rumored to have had a number of miscarriages, the only documentation we really have is of two documented... Just false pregnancies? Yeah, false pregnancies. Which Interesting. It says that she didn't have a miscarriage, but that she was told she was pregnant, and then a baby never came, and then the pregnancy just kind of disappeared. So, Mary died in November of that year, in 1558. Um, medical historians today think that perhaps hysterical pregnancy or pseudosiasis, Gabby, did I say yeah. that right? Yeah. Pseudosiasis yeah. could have explained the false pregnancies. So essentially meaning she convinced herself that she was pregnant. Um, her period probably became irregular or stopped completely. She might have had nausea, gain, weight gain, um, breasts potentially getting swollen. All of the symptoms of a pregnancy without the actual pregnancy. I feel like back in the day, before like pregnancy tests were things, you know you're not pregnant. Oh my God. Oh, it would have happened all the time. It would have happened to me. Because one thing about me is if I am like, I literally am like, oh my God, it's happening. (laughs) Well, my boobs are sore 24-7. Like, I have weight gain. I'm nauseous all the time. My periods are irregular. Sorry, guys. That's too much information. But all of the symptoms, uh, I, I get it. And especially, I can see how that could happen. Yeah, and it, then if you take into consideration the pressure of wanting to have a child in that time period, it would take an extreme mental toll on Mary psychologically. And I, it's reasonable to think it could lead to pseudosiasis. Yeah. Yeah. And she also, another... Um, thing that's thrown out there is she could have potentially had like an ovarian cyst or something causing her stomach to protrude oh, or swell there's no way to tell because they make you nauseous too like they make you absolutely ill as someone who's had a bunch that yeah no that's that's really sad it is it's very sad like the more i read about it i was like oh shit that's so fucked up like this and then we turned it into a game yeah and they turned it into a game Yeah. So as fucked up as it is, I do think Queen Mary could be the Bloody Mary being referred to when children taught her in the mirror. And now that I'm an adult, if it is the case and it is her, then we're all fucking assholes, especially the ones who said, I have your child, which I'm guilty guilty of it. And dishonor on me. I've never heard of this. Dishonor on me. Wow. I know. Isn't that sad? That is really sad. Yeah. Next, we're going to move on to something equally as dark on who Bloody Mary might, might be. But this one I thought was super cool whenever I read it. Because we've talked about her before. So while researching, I found out that some people think Bloody Mary is actually Elizabeth Bathory. No way. Yeah. And if you don't know who Elizabeth is, then please go listen to our previous episode. Please go listen to our previous episode about vampirism which is done by the wonderful Gab. Um, <laughs> Gab, give, a, give us a quick summary. Oh, Elizabeth Bathory. Essentially, back in the day, 
she was rumored to be a woman who, well, she did murder a decent amount of her servants and everyone who is like, you know, anywhere near her, they shielded their daughters from having to work from her because she was a sadist of like insane proportions. But there was also a lot of political issues happening at the time. And so the king wanted her dead because he owed her a bunch of money. And also she was, but she potentially had the ability to back her cousin to be ruler of part of his kingdom. So it would have been best if she was imprisoned for, you know, mass murder of nobles, which she was doing a lot of sadistic shit to her servants, but eventually she was also doing it to a lot of nobles and it just kind of all crumbled. It fell apart. She was doing really gory stuff and she was allegedly someone who bathed in the blood of her servants so that she could remain youthful. Did it work? No, because if you look at pictures of her, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't do her any favors. It really did. But unfortunately. people may or may not still do that to this day. I'm not going to ask you to explain that. Um. <laughs> I can't explain it because it'll get cut. But Google it. It's worth a goog. No, that's a conspiracy theory. Um, there is no evidence to support what I just said. But yeah, no, she was like one of the most prolific female serial killers of like history. Not even just her time, just in history. Yeah, she uh, she was a vampire. No, no, she wasn't. Anyways, go uh, listen to that episode because it, it is a super good one. And I thought it was so cool how I was researching Bloody Mary and it tied into it. it it's very serendipitous. Some people think Bloody Mary is a woman named Mary Worth, which I mentioned her name earlier. So who is Mary Worth? Gabby, do you know who Mary Worth is? I do not. I didn't know who she was either. But she's described as two different people. So one version says she was a woman who killed slaves escaping through the Underground Railroad in the South. Sounds like a cunt. While another version says Mary Worth was a woman burned at the stake during the witch trials. As for if either of these versions are true, I have no idea. I found information about both. Interesting. I've never heard either of those theories. I neither. I've, and like, I've never heard anyone saying Mary Worth instead of Bloody Mary. Yeah, no, I've never heard anyone say that. Maybe it was just a variation that was, you know, topical in the time period. And, and you they remember just how we it. talked about the telephone game? Yeah. I feel like the, this kind of stuff through history, it's telephone game. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about it. Anyways, I don't really think it's Mary Worth. I'm still, my vote is that it is still um, Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth, no, <laughs> Queen Mary the First. Not Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Not Elizabeth Bathory. I don't think it's Elizabeth either. Although I did think that was cool. So we found a potential explanation for light as a feather, stiff as a board. But what could explain Bloody Mary? According to my good friend Wiki, if you stare into a mirror in a dimly lit room for a long enough time period, it can cause hallucinations. Now, I don't know about that. And then I put a note that said, Bruno will try this and report back to you all. But Bruno forgot to do that. So next episode, I will let you know if I hallucinate when I stare into the mirror. But if you guys want to try it and let us know before then, go yeah, for it. Because I might forget again. I'm very forgetful. But with all these hallucinations, your facial features might swirl, melt, distort, or even vanish. And animals might appear. 
So if this were the case, then no one would ever need to take mushrooms. Makes no sense to me. <laughs> Whenever I read that, I was like, hmm, sounds familiar. <laughs> but anywho, Giovanni Caputo from the University of Urbano. Is that right? Is there a Urbino. Uni- is there a university of Urbino? Urbino if there is, is place, so yeah. If there is, then Giovanni Caputo says that this phenomenon is called the strange face illusion, and he believes it to be a consequence of dissociative identity effect. What is dissociative identity effect, you might ask? Well, it causes the brain's facial recognition system to misfire in a way that is currently unidentified. Science! Some other potential (laughs) explanations I've come up with, unrelated to paranormal phenomena, are the perceptual effect of Troxler's fading. We've all encountered Troxler's fading illusions, even if we can't remember them. Gabby, do you know what it is? It's like when you stare at something for a really, really long, like, you know when you let your eyes kind of like stare and then your vision goes blurry, essentially? Yeah. I, I can't believe, you little brat, how'd you, you're so smart. I'm sorry. I had no idea what it was before. (laughs) You're so smart. Uh, For everybody that's like me, that's like, what are you talking about? Gabby did explain it perfectly. But um, basically, when you fixate on a certain point for a period of time, whatever's surrounding the point um, that you're focused on will disappear. And you see those illusions with a lot of dots and colors and stuff. And then if you like look in the middle, then you see Jesus's face or something. You've seen those before. (laughs) (laughs) There are other examples. Um, Another possible explanation is apophenia. I don't know if I say any of these things right. Apophenia, yeah. Oh, apophenia. It's the tendency to perceive meaningful connections between unrelated things. And it is a common effect on brain function but can be taken to an extreme. For example, it can be a symptom of psychiatric dysfunction or paranoid schizophrenia. Huh. I don't think that that is an explanation for, necessarily, for why Bloody Mary works, though. I don't think that one is. But the last thing I'm going to toss into the air is the use of self-hypnosis for a potential explanation. You think everyone, like, hypnotized themselves? Yeah, we talked about that in a previous episode, in our hypnosis episode, if you want to go listen to that. And I also don't think that this is an explanation for uh, Bloody Mary. I don't know if I think that's an explanation either. I feel like it's a cop out. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I don't buy that one. And then I don't buy the apophenia. Uh, I think the first one maybe, but you're going to have to stare pretty intensely in the dark. Yeah, and you're not just staring intensely in the dark either. You're chanting Bloody Mary three times. So I don't know. I don't know. I kind of don't think science does the the best job at explaining that one. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not my favorite. As for Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, I feel like it can be explained. Yeah. Um, Bloody Mary. Yeah. That one's a little bit dicey. Yeah. Bloody Mary is a little dicey. I do not think that we were able to explain it. Especially, like, if you see someone slit in your fucking throat. <laughs> How are you going to explain that? <laughs> Whenever I was younger, I did see a ghost kill dad. 
I don't know if I've told you all the story or not, so I'm not going to tell you. I think you did. I told Gabby, I know, that I seen a ghost of my dad when I was little. He's still alive, by the way. But. I think you did in a previous episode. I don't know. I told you you all that I've eaten dog food like a gazillion times. Because I forget. I don't eat dog food. It happened one time. Okay. So I wanted to deep dive into a few others, but it appears we have run out of time for this episode. And you know what that means? This will just have to be a two-parter. So tune into the next episode that I do. After this one, Gabby will do one. And then I'm going to throw in another one. And I'm not going to tell you all. What? Oh, I'm doing um, saturation diving, which is like really deep sea diving. I'm and they're so disasters. scared for that one. And I'm mad at you for it. You have never dived at 1,000 feet. You'll be, you'll be fine. No, I've only But it is 90, pretty That was extreme for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't go down much deeper for much longer because you'll get the bends. And the bends is essentially just like, it's hard to survive. It's where your skin if you go bubbles. It's not just your skin. It's everything. Because it just, everything. there's gas. The gas dissolves. So the pressure kind of causes all the gas to dissolve into like, you know, all the tissues in your body. And then you have all this gas in you. And if you come up too quickly, it's going to turn into like a million little tiny bombs in your body. And then you get, you just, you just die. I had to learn about that whenever I uh, got certified to scuba dive. And it, yep. it'll give you the heebie-jeebies. But that's my next episode, and I'm so excited. I'm excited, but I'm terrified for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So you it's all can look fun. forward to, to that. Scary. Man, Gabby's obsession with the ocean, it's, it's getting a little intense. <laughs> I'm here for it, though. <laughs> But then when we circle back, so not next episode, but next one, we're going to talk about other games of our past and paranormal scary origins. I'm not going to tell you what we're going to get into, though, because it's going to be fun. More fun shit. Thank you guys for listening to us ramble. And sorry if we sound super sleepy or you can hear me drinking water and my mouse clicking. We're trying. We're giving it our a college try. Um, subscribe to all our stuff. If you see something spooky, run away from it. And if you don't run away, record it and send it to us. Shoot us an email at mysteryofeverythingpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Insta at mysteryofeverythingpod. Subscribe to our Patreon that I promise I will eventually get around to making. We really need to do that. I really need to do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. We need to go to bed. Um, It's midnight. See you next Monday. Bye. Taku Yi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. 
join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.